Oh, I'll go get it. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Digging Deep. I'm Roberta Walker. And I'm Michael Glassman. We are two landscape designers who have been working in the field for over 25 years. Through this podcast, Digging Deep, we will bring to you our knowledge, our challenges, our foibles, our stories, and our ideas to help you create the most unique landscape for you and your family. So Michael and I have been um, talking mainly about the shutdown and COVID and what's going on. And there are some businesses during this which are booming, and they're not just grocery stores. They're actually nurseries. And we have a special guest. Michael, you could introduce him. Greg Gayton, who is, what's your official title, Greg? Uh, plant nerd. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> He's a plant nerd with uh, Green Acres, which is a nursery up here in Northern California. Right. And right. Um, uh, Greg, they have, you have five locations, isn't that right? That, that's correct. Uh, we're Green Acres Nursery and Supply. You have to put that nursery and supply in. Five locations. And we also operate a 200-acre growing facility uh, called Matsudas. Which is an amazing place. Amazing. It's amazing. But the Matsudas is strictly wholesale. So Green Acres um, is for the public and they really are wonderful. But what we want to talk about is the upsurge, the huge rush in people buying plants and vegetables and herbs. Can you tell us a little more about that? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, You know, with with COVID-19, unfortunately, people not being able to get out and and shopping that people have planted victory gardens um not just with vegetables but fruit trees and citrus and just getting back to the soil getting back working in their backyard and that's you know just something they they're enjoying doing but they're also learning a lot about um about living going back to the basics about uh, growing your own food and, and uh, all the necessities. What would you say, how, uh, how many more people are, are showing up at Green Acres? Would you say 50%, 30%, uh, what do you think? That's, that's really tough. Um, unfortunately, well, we are considered an essential business. Um, and so we get a lot of communities and that normally didn't shop with us because they don't have garden centers that really opened up. So, um, you know, I couldn't tell you, but we've had a lot, we've, we've definitely had an increase in customer base uh, coming to all our five stores. Well, what I love is um, not only are people growing vegetables, some of them for the very first time, but um, I noticed that we have an app that connects neighbors. And I noticed that one neighbor posted with this huge raised bed that they put in, that they're going to have so much excess. And would any other neighbors care to um, trade? So if one is growing too much zucchini, they could trade with someone else with tomatoes. It's just such a great uh, grassroots uh, silver lining to this COVID. Oh, yeah. You know, one one thing I've noticed is when I walk around the vegetable tables at the stores, people have a list and they have their they're purchasing for their neighbors or friends. And it's it's funny how everybody is, um, I've never grown this before. I'm growing this for my neighbor. Um, how does this grow? Blah, 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 blah. And, and so it's it's been really eye-opening for a lot of people. And uh, it's it's really fun to watch people grow and 
and learn about different vegetables and different planting techniques and that it, it's it's fun to see. I do know the one thing that that um, <laughs> Green Acres has, has gone to unbelievable lengths to make it extremely safe to go shopping there. Why, t- tell us about it and tell tell our um, the people that are listening, what, what have you guys done? Well, we, you know, we, what we do is um, we've shortened our hours. And a lot of the reason why we shortened our hours is to make sure that early in the morning, we, we wash down our carts with bleach. Um, and then the evening before we close, we wash down our carts with bleach. We normally open at seven and now we're opening at nine and we're not <laughs> intending to change that just because we want to make sure our stores are, are clean for our customers. Uh we have we actually have a COVID nineteen uh, person who oversees uh, our stores and make sure that we're compliant. Uh, we really do um, make sure that we try and limit the amount of people in our stores. Like at our Sacramento store, for example, we uh, have people when they line up, um, hopefully socially distancing themselves um, to grab a card. And when the carts are finished with, we have. Uh, we won't let anybody into the store until people leave. So we have a safe amount of people in the store. Uh, we would appreciate if everybody wore face masks and, and that. But, um, you know, we're, we're, we're really trying our best to make sure that um, it's a safe shopping experience. Yeah, I noticed that there's a six-foot distance when right. you stand in line, too. That's important. They actually painted it on the concrete so that when you're standing in line, you're not standing next mm-hmm. to anyone. You're actually six feet apart, which is amazing. Right. We, we appreciate our customers because our customers come in and, and they let us know um, how we're doing. And, um, you know, we we're always learning something. That's something that's great about being a gardener and a landscaper and a designer and a and a plant nerd is you learn something new every day. And that even includes uh, being safe and making sure that our customers and our employees are safe. Right. So I'm curious, what have you found um, on a on two different um, areas. Um, what's the most popular vegetable that, that you see people buying? And the second thing is, what's the most popular fruit, fruit tree? What, what, what is everyone? Oh, really gosh. You know, it's, it's really funny because the vegetables and, you know, we buy, I know a lot of nurseries out there too. And, and I answer uh, a, uh, email for our company called Garden Solutions. And we're actually getting emails from around the country uh, but the most popular vegetable, of course, still is tomatoes, and people like the wild boar varieties. Um, so tomatoes are probably the number one. Tomatillos have really, um, I don't know, I've never grown tomatillos before, but we... I have, I have once. Well, we have even like a purple tomatillo this year. We, we, we got those from a nursery in Glen Allen called Blooms, and those seem to be really popular. Uh, peppers be number two. Um, and, you know, it, normally it's really the hot pepper, but this year the more mild Hungarian and that are, are more, seem to be more popular. Now, wait a minute. I, I saw a rather unusual pepper that you're selling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I knew you are going to bring this up. Uh, I have to. You're selling it to the public, but it's called a penis pepper. Can you believe it? Yeah. No. <laughs> it, and it's, un, it's shaped like that. So um, 
there's all kinds of unusual varieties and in the gardens this yeah, year. We actually source those from a nursery in Southern California. The the real name is the Peter Pepper, but they, oh. they have, <laughs> but, but everybody calls them the penis pepper because they are shaped uh, you know. Uh, but anyway, um, they God. sold out they sold out like crazy. Um, and it's a hot pepper, but they sold out like crazy. And that's really the fun thing. You know, we 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 uh, source most of our products locally, and, and there's a nursery called Isley Nursery up in Auburn, and that's where we get a lot of our veggies and a lot of, um, mm-hmm. like, the Ed's Best peppers, and there's this, there was, that's what's fun is um, people comparing all the new varieties, so it's not like on tomatoes, for example, it used to be Ace and Better Boy and Early Girl, and those are still very popular, but now there's all these new varieties. Oh, there's so many um, hybrids and sun golds. Well, let me ask you this. Let's say um, someone is a complete newbie to gardening, and this the, they come in and they say to you, um, we've never gardened before. What what do we need? What what kind of soil? What what you know? I'm sure you get those questions. How how do you answer that? Oh, that's that, that's a great question because we do get that, and and it's even not even with vegetable gardens, but with plants and such. Everybody, people are transforming from vegetables. They're also buying flowers and mm-hmm. and shrubs and all that. But the main thing is, um, you know, throughout the country we have different types of soils. Here in Northern California, we tend to have really heavy clay soil mm-hmm. unless you live along the river. And so, you know, we'll see people who will be bringing back plants and will look at the soil around the roots and they haven't amended the soil. And we re- you really do need to amend the soil. Um, and my thought is, you know, that's the number one thing. People think they buy the plant, they buy the fertilizer, and that's it. You're and sticking the the Yeah, and that's not making the customer successful. Um, what you want to do is you want to amend the soil. You want to make it or, as organic as possible. My number one organic is earthworm castings. Um, I think that's the best thing you can you can put out there. You can even start your own vermiculture by bringing in uh, your vermiposting by bringing in earthworm castings. But making your soil um, livable, actually making it alive is the number one thing you should really concentrate on um, by mixing this uh, amendment into the soil, making it so that it's actually alive, um, making it, you know, all the microbes and and getting the root system established. That's that's the main thing. Right. And you could buy all this in bags. I don't I don't want people to all of a sudden think, well, where the heck am I going to find the <laughs> Right, right. No, you what, buy what fertilizer cast- would you recommend? Well, earthworm castings, yeah, are in bags and they're getting more and more popular. You can buy them from garden centers like us to Costco. To, I found it at Costco. Yeah, yeah, you can find it whatever wherever you can, and it's really funny. Um, people will find earthworms in their yard. I actually had a garden solution question where they sent me a picture of earthworms and they wanted to know how to get rid of them. And I go, no, 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 no. You want to keep those. You want to get the the soil that they actually, earthworms do so much to the soil. That's the number one thing you can. Oh, they're, they're wonderful. I don't know if either one of you remember the old movie called, I think it was seven, seven years in Tibet. Brad Pitt was in there and uh, they wanted to put in, you know, of course, the Americans and movie theater for the people, but the people said, wait, the earthworms are there and there are ancestors. So 
they carefully dug up and removed all the earthworms and transferred them somewhere else, and you know, so they wouldn't get killed. So they're really sacred and wonderful. And what fertilizer would you recommend? Well, I would recommend for here on the West Coast, where we have heavy clay soils and we have our Mediterranean climates where we don't get a lot of rain, an organic-based fertilizer, something with a mycorrhiza fungi in it to help boost uh, the soil organisms, the good ones. Um, I would try and stay away from the synthetics, uh, the the right. green and yellow boxes, just because they tend to build up salts. They don't move in the soil. They push a lot of top growth. But, you know, we have hot, dry summers. You're in and having to water more. Um, the soil cells are weaker so that um, it actually attracts more insects like aphids and, you know, good old white flies and, and thrips and all that. So I'd definitely go with an organic-based uh, fertilizer. And what tell the difference uh, to the people listening between bags of potting soil and uh, gardening soil? Right. Well, well, you know, potting soil is basic. Well, there's potting soil and planting mix. Right. Yeah. Um, the planting mix has organic matter mixed into it. Um, and the potting soil is usually pretty just uh, a, an organic, pure soil. Um if you're going to be potting up like house plants and such, I would use like the potting soil. But for mixing into your garden or planting in like your raised bed gardens, I would use more of a planting mix. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now let's say you've, you've, you've either built a bed or you've dug a bed into the ground and now you want to irrigate it. And um, let's talk about an easy way to do that because a lot of people have never gardened. They don't have an irrigation system. So do you want to talk about drip and little timers with batteries and you guys sell yeah. all that, don't you? Oh yeah. You know, most garden centers do. And, um, you know, I, I personally, you know, we, we both are lucky enough to have a garden plot and, and a garden downtown Sacramento. Um, and so it's funny to walk and see the different gardens. I, I personally use a uh, soaker hose and I, I work around uh, my plants so that, um, you know, they get a good thorough soaking, you know, watering deep. Uh, but you can use like your drip watering um, systems like and, and check the emitters. And most garden centers will tell you how many emitters you should use. It's basically on how your soil, how loose and rich your soil is on how much the plant's going to need. And okay, then, so the number one question to interrupt you. So how often should you water? And when it's going to be 104 this week, do you water every day? Do you water every two days? I mean, how often should you water? Well, I always like to give my plants the finger. <laughs> I like to stick it. <laughs> I like to stick my finger around the plant and, and fill down or use like a soil probe. Yeah. Um, you know, it depends on how you how you amended the soil. And that's the number one thing. So if you have a really rich amended soil, like if you use like earthworm castings or composted steer manure, that you usually have the plants retain a little bit more moisture. So even like 104 degrees out, which we're going to have in good old Sacramento this week, um, you know, you're over here, you're thirsty. So you automatically think, wow, my plants are thirsty too. You really don't know until you check it yourself with like a soil probe or giving your plants the finger um, and filling down there. If we can feel moisture, um, 
then you you know you want to go deep infrequent you want to make sure that the plants get thoroughly watered because they need air circulation the roots need air circulation as well so you don't want to keep them muddy all the time and a lot of people just grab the hose and water without really checking around the roots so to answer your question when it's 104 degrees check around your plants um and you know water accordingly if it's if they start to feel like they're starting to dry then give them a good thorough deep soak and you can adjust your your timers and your drip watering system you might want to go out there and say wow it's not getting enough to the middle of the root zone maybe i need to add another emitter or um turn up the water a little bit more. right you you could yeah. check the plant i i use a drip laser tube which is um instead of a soaker a soaker kind of um sweats water and soaks out and um a drip tube is a, is a thin um, tube that's got emitters in it. And so with my plants, I set the timer on 20 minutes every day. And these are beds that are um, raised. So if you're just doing a flat garden with your plants, that may be too much for yours. But because mine are raised, um, the excess water will trickle down. So again, um, and if your plants, if you look at your plants and they look like they're weeping, they need more water. Yeah, and so, consider adding more organic, comp, you know, like right. earth castings on top of the soil too, and that will definitely help. Would you put mulch on top also? No, I did. I'd use the earth castings as the mulch myself, well, I, or use straw. I use straw uh, yeah, I use straw as well. And I saw in an article that you were writing that um, uh, ornamental plants like Japanese maples, when it's 104, to to use something. Talk to about wilt off. Oh yeah, the wilt proof or wilt proof is a um, is an organic basically uh, anti transparent made from uh, pine sap, and basically what it does is it keeps the moisture in the tree, in the leaves itself, and keeps them um, from losing a lot of moisture and and drying out. You know, so that definitely helps when it gets hot. How do Would you, you apply use it? that on everything, and where do you find it? Uh, well, of course you find it at Green Acres. You can yeah, find it at most garden centers. But how you apply it is you spray it on early in the morning. You only spray it once. On, the, on the leaves or on the base? On the leaves itself. Yeah. Okay. And would you do it on everything? How about fruit trees? Well, you look, you basically read and follow directions. You could do it on fruit trees, but fruit trees really aren't going to need it. Um, yeah. You're going to need it on things that tend to, like Japanese maples or fuchsias or things that require a little bit more water. You know, you um, that that like um, hydrangeas, something that requires more water during the summertime. Right, right. Other question I had asked before: What's the most popular? What what's going off the shelves in terms of fruit trees? What is, what what are people buying? Oh gosh. Um, you know, a lot of people, fruit trees are looking for the multiple graft fruit trees. That seems to be really super popular. That and um, the espalier fruit trees, like a six in one pear or six in one apple or a multiple grafted like a, a peach and nectarine, um, you know, combination. That I love that. We call popular. those the fruit cocktail tree. Yes. And those seem to be really popular. But, you know, a lot of people, most of the fruit trees now are, are grown on semi-dwarf rootstock where you can actually do summer pruning, which is actually um, recommended. And um, you can do a backyard garden where you can plant the trees 
um, anywhere from 18 to 24 inches apart. So if you have a small yard, you can actually you can put a lot more fruit trees in than you would normally think. And pruning them back in the summertime um, will definitely keep them. You can keep a semi-dwarf apple, for example, down to six feet or a cherry down to six feet. And the benefits is you can you're not going to lose uh, like your cherries to the birds. Uh, you can pick them easier. You don't need to call a fire truck over to pick your fruit. Um, and so it, it, it's, there's a lot of benefits to, um, to keeping your, your pruning in the summertime. So yeah, um, the multiples are, are fast, uh, sellers, uh, cherries, uh, peaches, nectarines, they're all going, it doesn't matter what persimmons are, are huge, uh, sellers, but unfortunately we, we can't keep them in stock. They just sell out. Really? You know, yeah. I have so many clients that have persimmons and, you know, if you've seen a full grown persimmon tree in the fall it could feed it could feed an army oh i know they're amazing they're amazing that's a, that's something that people should keep in mind um, when you go whole hog and plant lots of fruit trees is um they produce and so if if you're in a situation you know even an orange tree or lemon tree you can get hundreds but there right. are local um local groups are well one i think it's all through california called senior gleaners right well two will come and they'll pick your fruit mm -hmm. and then they they distribute it to people that need them right right so um you know if you've planted a lot of fruit trees and then you think oh my gosh look at all this fruit you know there's people in shelters that would love to have it but um you know as greg was talking about um pruning in the summer Let's just talk about that because a lot of people will plant trees and never touch them again. And pruning is essential when it comes to fruit trees. Oh, definitely. You've got to, you've got to, you know, pruning helps encourage root growth. It helps encourage um, um, flowering so they produce fruit. Um, you know, it, it discourages diseases because you open up air circulation. Um, there's so many benefits to it. And then, of course, keeping them. Um, you know, lower to the ground so you can actually pick the fruit. It's right. really important right. to do that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, make sure that you check your local garden center. You see we have pruning seminars in the wintertime, but also we have like YouTube uh, uh, videos that we can show you how to prune the trees back. Um, you know, some trees now, for example, apricot trees should only be pruned in the summertime. Um, so, you know, you, you know, ask a lot of questions. There's there's the only dumb question is the one that's never asked. Right. Right. And um, YouTube is such a great tool for learning how to really do anything. I just planted a bed of asparagus and I watched three different YouTubes on their three different people's techniques. And um I've always been afraid of planting asparagus because I heard it was a lot of work. But then I watched these and I put it in and guess what? I've got asparagus growing. Yeah, you know, and, and it's amazing because people get intimidated by gardening and they really shouldn't. I think it's it's trial and error. It's just, okay, I'm going back to my earthworm castings and vermiculture. But I learned from a YouTube video how this gentleman in good old Folsom where the soil is basically like concrete painted brown. Right. He started vermiculture by basically digging holes throughout his garden um about a uh, 12 inch hole 
he would put um, a little bit of, he'd fill them up with water. Then he would let the water drain. He would put a little bit of like um, oh, leaves that he pruned from his shrubs. Then he would put a handful of earthworms, ear earthworms, like red earthworms. Mm -hmm. Then he put compost on top, keep it watered. And his soil actually improved to the point where he was, he could actually dig down. Um, it, it was it was it was just beautiful. So you can actually, um, you know, th those YouTube videos give you a wealth of information. We actually have our own YouTube channel that you can subscribe to. It's ID Green Acres. Sorry, I'm going to put a little uh, promotion. Oh, in that's no, that's what you're here for. That's great. Um, also, also, Greg, um, please mention that at Green Acres, you sell the red earthworms as we well. do we do we sell them through a company called orcom which is actually a family-owned company um and you know they they have they their website uh is organiccontrol.com i believe that's their website but they give you um a lot of information about different beneficial insects and about earthworms and gosh it's 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 just it's even if you're not into plants, um, you know, learning about all these things really is fun. And it's fun to introduce people to them, especially kids and millennials and that they get excited about it. Well, it's it's not only fun, but it's just so important right now for the environment. You know, we have the environment as well has been on pause and allowed it's allowed us to have cleaner air and um repair in so many ways. So as more and more people learn about, um, like what you're talking about, um, feeding the soil and making a healthier environment for insects and vegetables, it just works all the way around, don't you think? Oh, it, it does. And, you know, people will come in and ask, hey, does this soil have, I mean, does this fertilizer have mycorrhiza or does this soil have mycorrhiza? It's amazing because people are learning all this information that they're starting to know about it. We have some organic uh, planting mixes and potting soils that actually have a, a biochar in it, which actually, I use the word actually too much, sorry about that, <laughs> uh, which, uh, which um, sequesters carbon from the atmosphere. And more yeah. and more people are getting involved with, um, with what, when you work out in the garden, you become a tree hugger. I'm sorry to say a lot of people might not like that, but you you start to recognize um, the environment and you start to really enjoy working in the ground and, you know, mycorrhizas in the soil. And it, besides helping the immune system of the plant, it also helps the immune system of people. So the more you dig, the more you get dirty, you know, the more your dogs go out and play in the soil. Right. Um, right. The, the, you're you're going to be healthier for it. You know, yeah, getting are, dirty is not a bad word. In fact, um, when I was writing the uh, children's book called Kindergarten, we were talking about um, getting dirty and having fun, and, and it's actually healthier for you. Yes, it uh, actually builds your immune system. Yeah, I think that a lot of people are, are basically thinking to themselves, and I get that all the time. My clients say, I've got a black thumb. I can't grow anything. And it's like you, you basically, you know, you explain to people if you do some of the right things, you water, you fertilize, you plant correctly, everything will grow. I mean, um, I've never heard of a real black thumb, but maybe uh, there is. No, no, no. And that's something that we all enjoy at the nursery is grabbing those people. And they have one success. And next thing you know, they're in every weekend. Um, and they're posting on our Instagram and our Facebook about what they've 
what they're doing. And it's funny because you'll see them, of course, socially distancing now, but they'll be interacting with other customers and telling them about their successes. Right. That's what's fun about it is um, you get these people who who think they can't grow anything except for, a you know, a plastic flower from Michael's. That's not true. Um, They just haven't found the right plant yet. But it's also where you've been raised. I mean, if you raised a city person, uh, your vegetables come from the grocery store. You don't know about that. and, And you actually have to familiarize people and a lot of city people, shall we say. And I was one of those. Um, have no more idea what a vegetable is in the beginning than the man in the moon. Well, you know, we've had people come into the nursery and there used to be a Sprite commercial where they, they put a lemon and a lime together and they called it a lime and people actually have come in and asked for the lime trees or <laughs> right. what kind of orange should we plant? I want a sun-kissed orange, you know, and, and you know, we don't, we don't laugh about that because it's so much fun. Next thing you know, like, for example, um, we find, you know, there's a new orange, uh, sour orange, or uh, blood orange, excuse me, called Vignia Caliclia, which actually tastes like cream soda. And we get these people in and they go, well, we only have like a, 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 a townhouse or something. Well, we, we show them how to do a spice. And next thing you know, people have like 10, uh, like a, 10 rows of, of citrus growing and they have all these different fruits and they bring them in and they're all saying, Hey, you got to try my Vignia Caliglia or my uh, New Zealand um, um, lemonade um, lemon or Whatever. something like or that. The, or the, or the, margar- the margarita lime. <laughs> right. Right. Um, also uh, for those that, that are not aware or what espalier means, it means it's been, um, the plant has been trained up a trellis and grows flat against a wall, or it's on the trellis. But espaliers are are um, not just fruit trees, but other shrubs as well that have been trained. Um, yeah, and, it and it's like, a French word. Yeah, so it looks like espalier, and people will come in and say, "Can I get an espalier?" But uh, that's another, yeah, that's yeah. another that's another subject because you should really. Google or check that out because that's so much fun. And if you're living in an area with limited space, you'd be amazed at what you can grow a spite. Oh, yeah. I would love, uh, to be honest with you, I'd love to have you come back and, and talk to us some more because the one thing that people ask all the time, whether it be fruit trees, vegetables or anything, are what are the best varieties, even shade trees or ornamentals? Um, what's the be- What does the best in this environment? What, are, what gives oh. you the most shade? That would be really fascinating to talk about some of the new and and with Green Acres owning Matsudas, some of the new hybrids that are being developed are, are amazing and they're fascinating. Oh yeah, and we grow like Proven Winners and we grow like the Carpet Roses and a lot of different from plant growers from around the world. So there's a lot, there's always a lot to talk about. And you know, people come in and go, I wanna to talk to your plant specialist. Well, even me, you know, I was there 41 years, May 10th. Um, Oh. I uh, I know Father Time here. You started um, when you were a teenager. <laughs> yeah, I he started was when I was two years old. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, w- I started when I was 19. Um, and what I what I think is is that's the fun part about working in the garden. That's the fun part about working in a garden center. That's the fun part about being a landscaper. You learn something new every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the main thing. There's no true experts on this. I like to I like to to talk to new gardeners because they, you know, they'll talk about 
straw gardening, uh, you know, uh, on, you know, planting gardens on bells and different things wow. like that. And so I, you know, it, it's fun. It, and I would love to come back and talk to you. About I mean, it. and, and the fascinating thing is you can become an expert. Basically, you think you know it all. And then the nurseries are hybridizing all these new plants. And the next thing you know is like, oh, I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that. And you see new things. You know, we go to the nursery, um, wholesale nursery. Well, last week I was there four times in one week. And I still see brand new things all the time that's being developed and grown that it just, I mean, it's amazing and it's oh. exciting. Oh, yeah. You know, back in the 70s when I started, late 70s, I might add, um, it was, <laughs> the nursery was boring. We'd have boxwood, azaleas, and camellias. Right. And, 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 and agapanthus. And agapanthus. <laughs> and junipers. Juni oh, yeah. oh junipers, junipers were like the big thing to grow all. And you'd have, all you'd have is synthetic fertilizers. I remember, gosh, back in the 80s, when I'd have, when I was manager of a nursery, I'd go down there and open up the, the store uh, an hour before it opened and have to let the fumes go out of there. Otherwise, you'd pass out. Now, you look at the, all the chemicals, a lot of them are organics, like clove oil and cedar oil, you know, um, and they're more effective if you read and follow the instructions like there's burnout for example that's clove oil and citric acid it's a great weed killer in lieu of using roundup so oh wait wait wait, wait. well would that actually kill bermuda grass because bermuda grass is um in at least in california i mean i'm sure other states have worse um weeds but bermuda is so invasive would that kill bermuda no no nothing kills bermuda oh wait you know sacred concrete uh, will kill from you. No, yeah, actually, but, to be but, honest with you, what I found is, but you have to let mother, uh, what do they say, father time? Uh, black plastic, you, yes. let, you let an area fallow for at least six months, put a solar solarization, right. yes. Exactly. Right, right. The but heat, but that the only, um, what? yeah, the, the heat would do that. Farmer Fred talks about doing that, I think it's July and August. But for people like you and I, Michael, who are landscape designers, and, you know, we, we visit these properties and they, we design a landscape and then they want it in. They don't right. want to wait six months. Exactly. Know. And I said that to someone recently and I said, and they said, well, how do I get rid of it? I said, um, start digging. I said, unless you're willing to wait about a year or six months and put the black plastic down in July and August so it can generate enough heat that it's going to kill it from the root, root up. I said, there's really no way. And, you know, of course they use that horrible word. And, Except and I said, Roundup. no. Yeah. yeah. And they say, um, no, I said, unfortunately, it's off the market because it does cause cancer and it's it's not a good good material. Well, and people don't use uh, glyphosate correctly either. you got to read and follow the directions on anything, no matter if it's organic or if it's like uh, any any product. That's the main thing. And a lot of people will spray their Roundup down and then you know roundup has to work through a systemic and work through the plant um so right. the plant has to be actively growing mm -hmm. and then going back to bermuda grass you know back when tech was a pup um you know when i started working there that was actually before roundup was out you know people called the devil grass because if you pick it it's going to go in two different directions like really uh -huh. right yeah well the roots can go down six feet well, you know, and I, a lot of people will, instead of using chemicals, will use competition. Like I remember 
back before a lot of, uh, and they, they're doing it back, you know, like um, they have a lot of Bermuda grass growing out. They'll put uh, hypericum on top of it and shade it out. Um, or, you know, um, if you have nut sedge, which is another horrible, oh, you know, oh, that's reduce, reduce the amount of water to the area, um, you know, and, and plant like Mexican evening primrose. I know it's considered a weed, but you don't have to water it once it's established and that, that seems to chuck it out. You know, you can, there's always solutions to anything in the garden, so you can have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Greg, this has been so great having you on the show. Absolutely. And we, um, again, um, Greg is from Green Acres, and there um, is your website, I Dig Green Acres. I dig green, yeah, I Dig Green Acres. That's our Instagram and our Facebook and our YouTube channels. Uh, we're Green Acres Nursery and Supply, and we have five locations in the greater Sacramento area, Rockland, Roseville, Elk Grove, Sacramento, and Folsom. But also, too, um, you know, you can go to our website, I Dig Green Acres, and go to um, Ask Us. And we have people from all over the country. In fact, I'm, I just talked to some, I just emailed somebody back from New York and they were asking about different, um, different things that they could grow. So we're, we're sort of getting national. Well, that's, that's wonderful. And again, um, you know, there's, you have to always look for the silver lining and this has been, you know, an unprecedented um, tragedy with the COVID, but the silver lining, one of them uh, is the fact that people are now growing and getting interested in, you know, they're uh, bringing forth fruit. So um, you guys are a great resource. Absolutely. Absolutely. We love what we do. We're all a bunch of, like I said, uh, self-proclaimed plant nerds, but it's something we enjoy. If I have a bad day, I'll go to the nursery um, and talk to people and have a lot of fun and, um, you know, listen to their, to their, their successes and their failures too. And we all learn from them, of course. Don't you also allow dogs? Oh God. Yeah. We love dogs. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, some people, we recognize them more by their dogs than their people. So we'll go up, oh yeah, you're, right. Sadie, you're Sadie's dad. Sorry. You're right. yeah. Your dog can come in. You can stay out. No, 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 no. But we, we, oh, during the hot summer, we don't want you to keep your dogs in your car. We want you to bring them inside. We always have water for them. Right. We, uh, we always have treats at the, the front and oh yeah you're instant celebrity when you bring your dog we've actually had people bringing cats iguanas um par- <laughs> that's a lot of people walk around parrots and as long as your dog is well behaved and yes. you're well behaved yes. <laughs> you're welcome to come into our nursery yeah oh, we're family owned and operated we you know the owners love dogs we all love dogs so it's 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 a lot of fun that's great. Well, if you're in Northern California in the Sacramento area and surrounds, please, please uh, visit a Green Acre store. And Greg, thank you again. So oh, much. it's my pleasure. Yeah, we really appreciate this. And and um, as Roberta said, yeah, if, if you're in Northern California, go definitely stop by a Green Acres. It's well worth it. The the quality and the stock and the and the personnel is pretty amazing. Well, thanks. Well, we're Green Acres Nursery and Supply, so make sure you put the nursery oh, and supply. and supply, yeah. right. Yeah, because that way you'll find us a lot easier that way. Or it's just, I did Green Acres. Um, that's our Facebook, our Instagram. Please subscribe. Uh, we And we love you to, you know, please tag us when you post. We, we'd love to hear from you. Hashtag. All right. Well, thank you so much. And um, I think next week, Michael, with our show, we should talk about um, 
the design aspects of putting in a garden. How's that? I think that sounds great. Good. Okay. Well, thank you, Greg. We really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. All right. And this is Digging Deep. If you have any questions, you can find us at diggingdeep.blueberry.net. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.net. You could ask questions and we're happy to deal with it on our next show. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. I'm Roberta Walker. And I'm Michael Glassman. And thank you for joining Digging Deep. Digging Deep. Bye-bye.